Yo, 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 this is the official week six podcast for SEC Slow Smoked, and we are coming to you live from some beach, somewhere, somewhere as in live from beautiful Destin, Florida here, and I just came to the picture today, um, first day for me, fifth day maybe for Holt and JB. How long have y'all been here for? Um, let's see, we got here on Saturday. No, we got here Sunday. Today's what? Wednesday? Thursday? Uh, today's Thursday. Today's so Thursday, so we've had our quick f- math. Yeah, so we've had four... Yeah, four beach total, days now. Four beach days. Does it feel like SEC country in Destin, or does it feel like you're on a beach and nobody cares about football? Oh, no, it's all SEC country Yeah, it's here. definitely uh, kind of a redneck river. It's not as bad as Gulf Shores, but we have a lot of SEC fans down here. It's I did an see an, an Oklahoma State flag a couple doors down from us. So and we we do have we do have friends next door known as Kentucky Dan. I feel like or Fred. We've we've heard of Kentucky Dan, Kentucky Fred, Kentucky Joe, all here live in Destin, Florida. And I think I think last year they might have been Georgia Dan, Fred, and Joe, but this year they're now representing Kentucky because Kentucky <laughs> is. Now trying to represent the SEC East, and then we've got Big Orange Al, you know, to our right next not, door to us as well. Not, not Alex, not, not yours truly, but Big Orange Al is the next door neighbor. So it's it's looking like I guess it is SEC country out here. And I've heard I've heard you um, Holton JB the last few days have been eating real good. What y'all been eating lately? Well, uh, the uh, first day we got here, uh... <laughs> <laughs> just gonna run down the gauntlet real quick. Yeah. Okay. Have y'all hold on? Have y'all had a salad <laughs> any, since you've been here? Or anything we've healthy? Actually, we actually have eaten a lot of healthy food. Like we've eaten a good mixture of healthy food and unhealthy food. Like yeah. I, this is probably the most disciplined I've ever been on a dis- on a uh, Destin trip compared yeah. to past trips. What What was the best meal y'all have had so far? Definitely the lamb chops that we had uh, Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. Lamb we chops did. on Tuesday we night. Grilled, grilled them out. Uh, Brad grilled them for us on the grill and uh, did a great job. They were outstanding. Perfect, medium rare. Just absolutely perfect. Any blood? No. No, no blood. Just a little it was, bit. It was, it was just a perfect, medium rare. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like lamb lamb doesn't get enough love out here. Um, no, it really doesn't. You, you got the cows, and by the way, the cows were running wild on 285 in Atlanta. If you haven't checked that out, Google that real quick. Uh, there were some cows on the interstate in Atlanta on Wednesday, I think, and they were the big truck turned over that had a bunch of cows, and uh, they were running wild in Atlanta. And I had steak that night, coincidentally, and I don't know if it was from the cows from the. The 285 interstate, or if it was just normal cow, I don't know, but it happened. And I guess Holt and JB, what you're saying is you're 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 trying to save the cows, not only eating by eating Chick Fil A, but also by eating lamb. Now, nah, this is just some stuff from Chick Fil A here. You know, this is some marketing ploy. This is some marketing ploy. <laughs> all right, all right, and let's let's ask one more question, and this is only because I know, and I kind of want to embarrass you out loud here. Um, there is a Whataburger in Destin. Whataburger is not in Memphis, and it's not everywhere. It's regional, always in Texas, but not always throughout the South. But it is here in Destin. How many times have y'all been to Whataburger since you've been here? Uh, we have been there. <laughs> how many the more? question is how many, well, how we'll many get times we've we'll we been there in the last... We'll get there. How many times have you been here this week? <laughs> All right, we've been there three times. How many times have you been in the last 
24 to 48 hours. Three times. Three times. <laughs> Did you get tired of it the third time, or do you want to go tonight for dinner? I could go tonight again uh, for dinner. I, I think I'm about Whataburger'd out. I may have to get a what a chicken next time I go. That was the new new. Uh, it's kind of a joke, but I think Holt's actually serious. We're gonna we're going to go into business yeah. right after this podcast and start doing what a chicken because I don't think anybody's thought of that idea yet. So we're gonna do what a chicken. So make sure you support us after you make sure after you make sure you subscribe to us first on SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start a new segment. On a future podcast, what a chicken! What a chicken is going to be a coach that makes a boneheaded move, or a oh, or, like a, or a chicken like shit move, or mainly just a I move like that, that we just don't agree with, like a, you know, a cowardly move. Yeah. And J- a, JB did not uh, tell us tell us that before the yeah. podcast. JB's holding back break, on us. This is, break, this is breaking news to us too. He's but hold, I, I do like that idea. Holding back on us, man. So we're we're week six preview. Some big games. As usual, um, starting to do bye weeks, though, for SEC. Uh, Tennessee has off this week. Nationally, we have Texas, Oklahoma, Florida State, Miami, and then some big um, some big SEC games as well. You have the biggest one maybe would be Mississippi State, Auburn, or maybe Florida and LSU. Let me ask Holt, first of all. Um, bigger disappointment this year, Holt, Mississippi State football or Chicago Cubs baseball? I mean, I probably still have to say Mississippi State football just because I think the Cubs, like, they had a good year, but, you know, it came down to a wild card game after the Brewers got really hot and they just kind of fell off. I think they still had a really good season. I think anytime in baseball when you make the playoffs, it's a successful season. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, it's just once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. So I don't think it's really too disappointing, but Mississippi State definitely should have been significantly better than they've been so far to this point. And we, we've joked about this a lot. Holtz. Kind of from Chicago. If you ask, if you ask Holt, you're at the at the bar because you're like, oh shit, that's that Holt Holt kid from SEC Slow Smoke podcast. You see him, you're like, hey Holt, how you been? Great. Holt, where are you from? Holt will give you a 30 minute explanation of where he's from. He's well, I'm yeah. from Memphis, but Chicago, yeah. and I lived in Mississippi State or Starkville, and now I'm in Destin this week. So, and then yeah. usually like, how it, how long? It, it depends on what part of my life you want to hear about. Yeah, and usually people stop listening after maybe yeah. the first. But city. the short answer is like is Memphis because I claim Memphis. I lived there. Uh, I was born there, and I lived there till I was about 16 before I moved away. So I, I still claim Memphis, even though. Uh, I didn't graduate high school there, and my family doesn't live there anymore, and the only time I go back to Memphis is to see my good friend, Jordan, Jordan Brooks. Mr. J.B. Brooks, a.k.a. Tinder King of Memphis, who we are doing this podcast a little early tonight just because we want to make sure J.B. successfully <laughs> gets down with his special lady friend tonight where he met, he met, he met on the beach today, right, Holt? He met on the beach, yeah. not on Tinder or Bumble. Uh-huh. But maybe Tinder or Bumble, maybe the beach. We'll just leave it up to the viewer. We'll uh, we'll call that. Um, um, we'll leave you hanging there with the suspense where she, we they actually met. But hope before we even get into the games this this week, there were some actually some good SEC rants. I don't mean that that message board that were like tiger droppings and uh, you talk about how your team's better, your SEC team's better than the other SEC team. The big rant I'm talking about this week is good old Nick Saban who. Probably has better rants than your your grandpa, and um, he is just going crazy. He's coaching a elite football team that's number one in the nation that's way better than everybody else, but that doesn't mean he don't have time to talk shit about people who have <clears throat> holes in their jeans or for 18 to 22-year-old students who don't stay for the end of the mother fucking game. <laughs> 
<laughs> you see how Alex had yeah. to censor himself right there. We, we talked about this late because I, I am a, I'm a kind of a church boy here. I don't cuss, but if I do cuss, it's only for the people on the podcast to hear, not everybody in the world to yeah. hear. So and I have so to keep it down. He, yeah, so he kind of lowers the volume there just for the curse word, and then the rest of the sentence will be full blast per usual. But yeah, he's uh, Nick Saban's a little bit upset about the uh, students leaving the game early. Well, you know, when they're winning 49 to nothing at halftime, he's not happy that they're not staying the whole game. And uh, they don't want to show up to see him, you know, his team just beat the hell out of some poor Sunbelt team. JB, you're you're a Tennessee fan, and Tennessee hasn't had quite the success that Alabama has over the recent years. Or you could even argue historically, which most people would correctly argue, that Alabama is a more successful program than Tennessee. But... Just to, just to throw that in there. Just, just let's, let's pretend. <laughs> hey, you're still better than Memphis. You you did beat Memphis most of the time, except for that 96 return. Oh, well. So here, here's what we're going to say, JB. So you're a student. You're, you're going back to your prime days. Way before Tinder and Bumble, you're, you're a 19-year-old student at the University of Tennessee. Out, uh, Tennessee's killing, we'll say, we'll say Texas A&M or Arkansas, whoever you want to be. We'll say both West teams, uh, SEC teams. They're killing them. 51 to nothing at halftime. It's, a, it's third quarter. They score another touchdown. It's 58 to nothing against uh, Arkansas or Texas A&M, do you stay for the entire game or do you go back to the frat house or to Five Guys or to Bojangles mm-hmm. or to Whataburger or what a Chicken? Where do you do, JB, as a student? <laughs> oh, shit. Got him stumped. Got the giggles. Got him stumped. <laughs> JB, what do you do? Oh, man, you put me on the spot here. Because, I mean, I, I guess I can say I can't relate because I'm not a student, obviously, now. But you and, you were at one point. Yeah, I was at okay, one so point. Okay, so you can go back. You can go back in I can go back. Go back to the 1800s, JB, the early 1800s when you were a student. Yeah, I appreciate that, Al. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if, for Alabama students, they're season ticket holders, the way they do it. Okay, all right. You know, JB, answer the motherfucking question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to fucking explain this. With the, you know, Here, Here's the point I'm making, JB. Alabama has had a lot of success, so I think their, their fans and students are spoiled. Uh, so Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. fans haven't had that success. So would you enjoy it, or is it just is it something you can't avoid no matter what? If you're winning by that much and the game's not close, would you leave? Or is it just because Alabama has had so much success lately that people are going to leave? Are they spoiled is what I'm asking. Alabama fans are definitely spoiled, and I think a lot of fans in the SEC, a lot, every other fan base would concur with me. They are yeah. most definitely spoiled. I think in the early stages of Saban's tenure, up until maybe about the 2013 season, you know, when they had already won about three national championships, their fans were still really energetic and passionate. But now it's just like the fans, you know, they come to expect a national championship, and then when they play these cream puff teams in early September and mid-September and the, you know, 90-degree heat, these fans are not going to stay out there long once the game's decided. So, I mean, a lot of them are just going to leave, and they're going to go back home into their AC and hop on their lazy boy and their 72 degree you know trailer the trailer wide right are you gonna say trailer i'm not gonna say double wides i'm giving the benefit of the doubt you know <laughs> yeah and Jay- one thing i'll say is like as the one person here who did go to an sec school and uh you know we definitely had some games against some lower level teams where we just beat the crap out of them you know you don't want to be out there like it's just you know you go for the fun you know everybody gets all dressed up you know it's just a fun time to go out there and go to the game and all that but, you know, I know for me, like, I want to go home and, like, see all the other games and see what all's going on. And it's nothing personal against the team. It's just, like, if you want me to be there and you want me to be loud and everything, then put a better product on the field. Don't be out there, you know, playing some team that, you know, no one cares about. And, JB, the other SEC news that I heard this week on Atlanta local radio um, was 
Uh, well, let's back this up. Is that Tennessee this year in football? They they haven't won or lost any game that they weren't supposed to. We, in my mind, they they're doing exactly what they're supposed to. They won the games they're supposed to against the easy teams and lost the game big games that they're supposed to against West Virginia and um, Georgia recently. Um, and Florida, Florida, Florida was a toss-up game. You, I mean, I think Florida was still going to win the game earlier this year. But I heard earlier this this week on local radio that. Jeremy Pruitt, when he's recruiting prospective student athletes, University of Tennessee, that he um, he gets a question like, "How are you going to recruit them when you're when you're doing so bad?" And he says, "What, JB? Let me tell you guys, when you come play at the University of Tennessee, <laughs> okay, well, I was a high school football coach, but let me tell you, when you come play here, we are going to be a really physical football team, and you are going to play on a really good team too." He has, um, I guess Jeremy Pruitt has trouble with czars, apparently. Yeah, f- football. Trouble with czars. I, I guess that's what I mean, it's, guy. he's got that really strong North Alabama twang in him. That's that's actually, I was setting you up for the question. You didn't even say what I wanted you to say. <laughs> the point I was trying to make is that he tells his recruits that, hey, don't worry about this year. This is this is the worst we're ever going to be. When you come here, when you come here, we'll be better. So I guess it's, it's tough to recruit at Tennessee, but they're not doing too bad. But he just tells recruits, hey, we suck this year, but we'll be better. We'll be better next year when you're here, correct? It's, yeah, that's correct. And it's it's honestly a pretty good sell. I, I For Pruitt, like, you can't be worse than this year. Like, you have to be. You have to improve every single season. I think this will be Pruitt's worst team. You know, time will tell whether he works out. But that's exactly what he needs to be telling recruits, especially in a rebuilding process. Oh, in a 30-minute press conference between Nick Saban and Jeremy Pruitt, who says I eat more? You know, I think uh, the easy answer would be to say Nick Saban. But uh, I think the right answer would be to say Jeremy Pruitt. I think a little bit underrated. Maybe his his eye skills are maybe a little bit more advanced than uh, people give him credit for. And and I guess in school, like, they never told him that there is an L and an R and all right. Yeah. I guess it's just like a, a southern thing. Not, I guess it's, they don't teach that in coaching school, apparently. And I don't know what's more southern, North Alabama or West Virginia. West Virginia gets a lot of shit, but North Alabama's on up there, too. Um, so they're very, very, very southern. But, hey, nothing wrong. As long as you win games, you're you're good. I think Nick Saban's still the most powerful man in the state of Alabama. Jeremy Pruitt's probably second or third behind Derek Mason and Mike Norville at Memphis. But he'll get there. He'll get there, JB. Don't you worry. I wouldn't say that. Jeremy Pruitt is, still the number, is definitely the number one man in the state of Tennessee. Even though the team is not performing well, University of Tennessee is what really drives the engine in the state of Tennessee. Also, a little tidbit before we get into the previews this week. We did see some Kentucky fans this week as we uh, this week had Destin that we we were talking about earlier that we're talking about Big Blue Nation and I was like, "What what are y'all doing here? We we can't talk about Big Blue Nation before before November before basketball starts." And they're like, "No, no, no. We like to Kentucky and everything." And they were giving you some shit, JB, cuz you were saying like, "Hopefully we can we can win this year in football, we can split in basketball." And they're like, "No, no, we're trying to win in football and dominate in basketball." JB, are you okay with the University of Tennessee losing to Kentucky this year in football? That's not the vibe I got from these uh, Kentucky fans. They were telling me they just root for their team in every single sport. And I was, you know, giving them a lot of credit for this Kentucky team. Like, I told them I was a big fan of this team. They play really physical football. This is not what you expect from a Kentucky football team. Like, I was telling our uh, co-host, Holt, earlier today that from other previous Kentucky teams, they've always been more finesse. This team is a physical team. They play very similar to, like, LSU under Les Miles during their tenure or even, you know, Alabama's Nick Saban teams. Like, they are going to pound the ground on you, and they have a really dominant defensive line. And that's why this Kentucky team has surprised a lot of people. And if they continue to play the way they are, they are a real threat to the rest of this conference. I don't know if they're going to be a threat to Georgia. 
or Alabama, but they're a threat to every other team, not named those two. Oh, we we mentioned that Benny Snell is like a top five Heisman candidate at this point because Kentucky's five and zero, and he's I think top five nation room running. This week they play Texas A&M, who has a better offense than defense. Um, and I, I'm just curious, how many yards do you think Benny Snell is going to have against Texas A&M? It's at Texas A&M, and uh, it's not going to be an easy game for Kentucky to win. Um, even though Texas A&M has lost two games against Kentucky's undefeated, Texas A&M's lost to Clemson and Alabama, probably the two best teams in the country. So I still think A&M's a pretty good team. But how many running yards do you think, rushing yards do you think Benny Snell can have against this A&M team at A&M? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, Mike Elko does a great job. Um, on He's the defense coordinator for Texas A&M. Um, does a really good job of stopping the run. And uh, Texas A&M's got a lot of talent on, you know, in the front seven. But uh, I think Kentucky's going to find ways to run the football. I think they're going to have some success running the ball in this game. Um, you know, I don't know if he gets to 100 yards, but I expect him to be pretty close, and I expect him to have a huge impact on this game. Oh, the line for the Texas A&M Kentucky game is six points in favor of A&M. Do you think that's fair, or do you think when do you think the country is going to start giving Kentucky the respect? You know, they say the kids say these days, put some respect on the name. No R-E-S-P-C-T like our our dear dear Just friend respect. dear friend Aretha Franklin R-I-P R-I-P um, spelled it out for us, but R-E-S-P-E-C-K K-K-K-K respect. Right? Yeah. Respect on the name. When do you think everybody, the sports writers, SEC Slow Smoked, Clay Travis, Dick Vitale, <laughs> Lee Corso, Kirk Herbstreit will put some respect. Donald Trump, Donald Trump Obama, <laughs> George Bush, Jimmy Carter, Chris Tucker. What do you mean? <laughs> when do you think all these guys will get in a room and put together like, oh shit, Kentucky still hasn't lost the game. We need to start giving us more credit. When do you think that will actually happen? You know, I think it can happen this week. I really do. Um, you know, Texas A&M, although they have two losses, they're against two of the best teams in the country, and they, you know, they were com- at least somewhat competitive against Alabama, and they took Clemson right down to the wire. Maybe even I think outplayed Clemson in that game. So, uh, you know, Texas A&M has proven that they can play with the best teams in the country, and um, it's going to be at Texas A&M, obviously. So I think if they can break through this week and have a big game, get a big win against Texas A&M, uh, this will be their third, you know, pretty big game in a row. Um, I think they're really going to start getting the respect that uh, that they deserve, and I know Kentucky fans think that they deserve already. I was a big believer, not after the Florida law, Florida win, and believe it or not, not after the Mississippi State win, but after the South Carolina win, because that was still a toss-up game. And they dominated that yeah, game. They from won start that to game finish, easily from start to yeah. finish. Mississippi State, uh, Florida. I thought like, okay, Florida's not great this year. And I thought Mississippi State was like, well, the game's at home. It's, uh, Kentucky was fired up, and Mississippi State's known to lose some games that they shouldn't. But after South Carolina, I was like, okay, well, Kentucky's probably you know this top five team in the SEC, maybe the third best team after Alabama and um, Georgia. So I think I think they're really good. Um, JB, you're you're really high on this Kentucky defensive front. You said you like them big boys up front is what you told me at the beach. And I was like, oh, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, you're talking about Kentucky football. Okay, I got you. Kentucky defense. You like this defensive team, defensive team from Kentucky. What do you think they're going to do to stop Kellen Mond? Because Kellen Mond ran all over Alabama's defense, and I think Alabama's defense is better than Kentucky's defense. Well, Kentucky has an, has a really experienced secondary, too. And their defensive line is going to be able to uh, get some pressure on Kellen Mond, and maybe they can force him into some bad decisions. 
some bad decisions. So, you know, I just I just don't know, JB, because Clemson has a better defense than Kentucky, and Kellamon showed out the second half. So you're saying that Kentucky can do something to Kellamon that Clemson and Alabama couldn't do? Not necessarily, but I just I think that this Kentucky team, like, they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage on offense. I think their offensive line is going to be able to uh, establish the running game. Uh, they've, they've already proven it. They've been able to do it every single game so far this season. This Kentucky defensive line, you know, with, with Chavis's defense, they will be a challenge. But this Kentucky offensive line, they've been up to the challenge every game so far this season. And, of course, they, they were able to do it against Mississippi State. Uh, Kentucky's offensive line won that battle against arguably one of the best defensive lines in the country. So they've already established themselves as one of the better lines in this country, in the you know, in the country, and just also the SEC. So you watch. I think they're going to be able to establish a run, keep the ball away from Texas A&M, and I, I like Kentucky in this one. Do you think that the A&M student section will stay to the end of the game, unlike the Alabama student sections who take all these great wins for granted? Yeah, they're going to be there because it's going to be a close game through four quarters. And you think yeah, we uh, we talked about this before, but you think A&M has the best crowd in the SEC. They got the best student section in the SEC. I think they have the best student section in all of college football. Nobody beats the 12th man. It's just the passion and how organized they are, their chants. I don't think there's a better student section you have in college football. Than I've seen the, the SEC network commercial where I think they, they rock back and forth, right? Yeah, they sway back and forth. That's when they're singing uh, the Aggie Warham. At the Atlanta Falcons game well, a couple weekends ago, they we we did the rock back and forth, but it was a little more um, more a little more Atlanta appropriate. It was the uh, Surface Wagon. I don't know if you heard that whole. No, I've not. You should. I think you've heard the song, but like I just learned that, and apparently it's been a thing for like ten years or something like that. Because on YouTube, it was uploaded in two thousand seven or eight when I listened to it. But it's a, it's a real good song. So um, it hasn't everything to do with A and M or CC Slow Smoke. But I just kind of want to incorporate that just in case y'all are thinking about doing the Surface Wag on the um, any SEC crowds and start getting that going. I think Auburn actually did it. I tweeted it out. Auburn did it not too long ago, but um, it's it's a good, a good little um, little pregame hype. We actually might do that here in Destin before college football Saturday, this this uh, this coming Saturday. Um, oh, so we talked about Kentucky's Texas A&M. There's also um, some other games that have uh, lower lower point spreads. We have Missouri-South Carolina with South Carolina favorite one and a half. But LSU-Florida at two and a half um, for LSU. And we have Auburn-Mississippi State um, with Auburn a four-point favorite. Out of those games, besides the Kentucky-Texas A&M, which one are you most excited or which one do you think will be the closest? You know, I think Missouri-South Carolina has a chance to be a really good game. Um, obviously, I've been really high on Drew Locke this whole year. I think they played really well against Georgia. They just had, like, they just shot themselves in the foot a few times. And uh, had it not been for that, you know, I think they went blow for blow with Georgia in that game. And I think uh, they would have been right there with a chance to win at the end had they not had those, you know, those few really bad mistakes. And, uh, you know, South Carolina is desperate for a win. I mean, they, they came into the season with, the huge, with you know, all its expectations. And people were, you know, saying they were going to beat Georgia, you know. And uh, people were saying that they had a chance to compete in the East. And they haven't done it so far. You know, they lose uh, badly to Georgia. They lose badly to Kentucky. You know, this is a must-win game for South Carolina, and I think South Carolina fans are really going to start to turn on Will Muschamp if they lose this game. So this is going to be, you know, a game where both teams are really, you know, they really need to win. You know, Missouri wants to, you know, try to, you know, prove that they're the second-best team in the East instead of Kentucky. And, uh, 
you know, I just think this chance, this this game out of the ones you mentioned has a chance to be a really good game. If Missouri loses to South Carolina Saturday, will you give up on Drew Locke and Missouri this year? Yes. So that's all I'm, it takes. I am jumping off the train Dang. and doing the doing the death roll if they if they lose to South Carolina. Throwing in the towel. So South Carolina last year, they went I think nine to four and beat Michigan in the bowl game. Everybody was all hyped about that. Did all, you that game was so ugly though. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it because I don't know what I was doing, but I, I wasn't watching it. I I think, I didn't the, they score like two non offensive touchdowns in the last like like seven or eight minutes of the game? To win that game by like three points or something, I don't even remember. I, all I remember is that Michigan was in control of the game like the whole game, and then to, uh, South Carolina scored two non-offensive touchdowns at the end of the game to get back in it. And but he, he, you could say he outcoached Jim Harbaugh. But the point I'm making is nine and four. Everybody's like, oh shit, South Carolina is good. Good had a good year last year. They're they're going to be a team to play with, yeah. uh, to team to I guess not mess with team to team to watch out for and. Uh, 2018 with Jake Bentley coming back and Debo Samuel being healthy, but um, this year hasn't. They've only lost I think one or two games. They lost two games, right? Who's this? South Carolina. They lost two games. Yeah, they lost to Georgia and Kentucky. Right, Georgia and Kentucky. Both both good teams. Now we we think we understand they're both good teams. So last year nine and four South Carolina was that. Should that be classified as fake news now in 2018? You know, I just think that it was kind of a, you know, kind of a weird season. You know, they had uh, two games against NC State and Missouri where they were kind of outplayed in the game but uh, managed to win uh, at the end. And I think they could have easily lost both of those games. And then the East last year, obviously, we know was terrible. And I just think they kind of, you know, benefited from that more so than anything. I'm not saying I thought they were a bad team last year, but I just – think that uh there were maybe three or four games last year they could have very easily and probably should have lost and uh not to mention that their schedule was not the hardest and I just think coming into this year their schedule got harder the expectations were too high and I think people just have forgotten that maybe Will Muschamp isn't a very good coach I sure did not forget I know people are hyped and this is my favorite thing about college football is that people overreact week to week on big wins big losses everything and I think last year they were favored uh, they had a favorable schedule last year, and it just worked out. They they played teams at the right time. Like they they beat Tennessee in an ugly win uh, last year. They played Florida down last year. So I just think I think they they had a lot of things going in their favor last year, but um, this year not so sure. I don't think Will Muschamp's going to get fired, but um, you just remember you'll you'll get that great memory of him being a Florida coach. Um, I think this year, like oh, I guess maybe he's not a great coach. We'll see. We'll see. Um, there's still some Will Muschamp apologists out there, and I know I know he's, he's still a good defensive coordinator um at the very least so well i mean if they get a win this week then you know they'll be right back on track and uh you know they'll be if they can finish the season strong then maybe you know it won't all be for it won't all be lost but as of right now it's looking like uh it's going to be a tough season for south carolina jb we we talked about at the beginning of the year we knew for the SEC, we knew georgia was the best team and after that we don't we didn't have a clue who was going to fill out the next next six spots so now that we've had what four or five five weeks now this is week six so we've had five weeks of actual college football 2018 who are the best teams in the east after georgia we, we think kentucky's number two and who's after that that's to be kentucky and then after that it's really going to be a battle between missouri south carolina and florida it's going to be one of those three no tennessee vanderbilt no tennessee vanderbilt are definitely the bottom of the barrel in the east it's i mean you, i can make an argument for missouri i can make an argument for florida 
just because Florida is is won the games they're supposed to win. So I know I know people are going to say they're supposed to be Kentucky. No, we found out now Kentucky is legit. So that's a game they're supposed to lose. And then we got Missouri, South Carolina. That game's going to be kind of like a measuring point too. I think the winner of that game is going to be the one that's going to be third in the East. This year's Tennessee Vanderbilt bowl, whatever you call it, the the bowl game for the state of Tennessee. Although there's that Memphis team in the West Side who who did lose by like fifty points to Tulane last week. Um, this this game this year, Tennessee Vanderbilt for the battle of the state. Is this the worst two teams that's ever played against each other for this game? I mean, the last two years have been pretty bad too. I mean, yeah, the, la- the last year was pretty damn awful. I mean, well, they're trying to outdo themselves. I think Vanderbilt. Look, Derek Mason. I like. I like when he gets hyped. He almost. He almost. He almost beat Vanderbilt. They or not Vanderbilt. They almost beat Notre Dame. They almost beat Vanderbilt. They lost by fourteen points, and that's a win in Vanderbilt's book. Okay, it is like Vanderbilt. Wins. You almost had to streak naked to Nashville. <laughs> I did. And you know the worst part Wait, is. Wait, hold that- on, hold on. Were you? Were you? Did, when you? When it was like five minutes left, and there was like it was still a close game. Did you start to like take off your socks and like your shorts? And you're like, okay. I gotta do this. I really gotta do this. See, I don't even know why you're asking me this because I was not even able to watch the game. I was at a tailgate in Oxford, Mississippi that day, and all I was getting was blown up texts on my phone saying, "You better get ready, JV. You better get ready." And, like, and for those like, what of the you, fuck are you talking yeah, about? Those of you who have no clue what we're talking about, uh, if you weren't listening a couple weeks ago, JB said he would streak from Memphis to Nashville naked if Vanderbilt beat Notre Dame. That would have been a actually, decent exposure. They actually came pretty close, and I'm not really sure. JB would would have been able to make it very far down I forty before uh, passing out, <laughs> or getting pulled, or just getting pulled over by a state trooper for indecent exposure. So Tennessee and Vanderbilt are the worst two teams in the East, but still better than Arkansas, right? I would still put those two teams ahead of Arkansas. Arkansas has good food though, good people, good food, right? Yeah, we love a, Arkansas. There's a good place in Fayetteville called the Catfish Hole. Little Rock, Little Rock is a fine town, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you boys from Arkansas. <laughs> Little Rock is a fine town indeed. Holt, Holt's been through Little Rock a time or two. He, he enjoyed it. We we did visit the Electric Cowboy, which we mentioned plenty of times in there. Uh, we won't go in detail there. You had to be there, is what all we'll say. <laughs> um, other big games this week: LSU at Florida. This is a rivalry game, JB and Holt. My two panelists, as JB likes to say, because he likes to treat this like college game day Saturday. Um, LSU at Florida. LSU is favored two and a half. This two and a half points. This is the CBS game. Now we said LSU isn't isn't as good as everybody thinks this year. Like everybody thinks they're they're top five team right now because they haven't lost a game. They beat Miami and Auburn, two top ten teams at the time. But this game's at Florida, and Florida just came off a big win against Mississippi State. And we like how Dan Mullen does develop talent, develop quarterbacks, even though. I think uh, Felipe Franks might be uh, – I don't even know if he'll make the cut for the, the XFL coming up in two years, but we'll see. We'll see. There's a hope for Felipe Franks, which at which point if he makes the XFL, I feel like me, Holt, and JB should form our own team and be like the first, second, third string quarterback. But we will see in two years. We'll see you, Felipe Franks, in two years. Okay. What we're saying is this game is supposed to be close. Do you think Florida can actually beat LSU this week with Felipe Franks, Holt? No, I don't. I mean, I – I'm not gonna say there's no chance, but uh, I just I really like LSU's defense, and I really am not a fan of Florida's offense or Felipe Franks. Um, I just don't think that they're a great um, unit, and I'm just worried for. I'm honestly I'm worried for Florida fans in this game because if they thought last week against Mississippi State was an ugly offensive performance, it's gonna be even worse this week. 
Um, LSU's defense and Dave Aranda is one of the best in the country. And, um, you know, it's just going to be – it's just going to be tough sledding for him. And I think maybe Joe Burrow can, you know, I'm still not sold on him as a great quarterback, but I, I definitely like him a lot more than Felipe Franks. And I think that LSU have, has a much better chance of moving the ball in Florida's defense than Florida's offense does on LSU's defense. After Joe Burrow scores five touchdowns and throws for 400 yards against Florida, Holt, will Joe Burrow be the Heisman leader? <laughs> I don't know. I think I – think uh, Joe Burrow doesn't really have any shot of uh, Heisman consideration until after they play Georgia. I think that's going to be his first chance to uh, to really because they're going to need him to make some plays in that game. And if he can lead them to a win against you know the number two team in the country or three whatever Georgia's ranked, then yeah, I definitely think that you're going to see some Heisman buzz for Joe Burrow. But I don't think people are going to be too impressed no matter what he does at Florida this weekend. Oh, we'll do a little uh, throwback Thursday. Just just pretend pretend with me for a second. In, uh, EA Sports has been continuing making the NCAA football game. So we're now to NCAA football 18, I guess. And we're in the dynasty mode. And you're now the Florida head coach. You're the new Dan Mullen, um, which you would never leave Mississippi State for Florida. But just just humor me for a little bit. So you're, you're, Mississippi, you're the Florida head coach, Holt Norris, Leading the team, leading the Gators in the swamp against LSU. You have Nick Fix. You have um, not Nick Fitzgerald. Excuse me. You have Felipe <laughs> Franks and a whole bunch of other people that I really don't even know who they are. Honestly, how are you going to fight off the fifth ranked team in the country and the one of the top defenses in the country? How are you going to use Felipe Franks to score points and beat LSU this week? You know, I think it's going to come down to the running game. I think they're going to have to get the running backs involved. Um, they're going to have to, uh, you know, try to just grind out some drives. Um, maybe have a few, you know, like long, long sustained drives. They run the clock, keep uh, LSU off the field. And uh, if they can shorten this game and maybe get a couple big plays or like a special teams play or just something kind of like that, then maybe they'll have a chance to be in the game late. But I think they're really going to need uh, a big game from those running backs if they're going to have any chance to win this game because I don't think Felipe Franks is going to be able to do it in the air. I um I think Florida fans are going to disagree with you and think they can actually win this game. They're they're hyped up. JB, are Florida fans the most annoying fans in the SEC? You know, I'm not really exposed to a lot of Gator fans. So, I mean, I can't really tell you if well, they are. Answer this, JB. What's the deal with uh, Gator fans and George? Because like I know that's a thing, and I don't understand it because I feel like they're not, the Florida Gainesville, Florida is not really like the true South. Like you would, you can understand that coming from Alabama or Auburn. Oh, it, or it is the State. South. Gainesville, Florida is the South. I've been through Gainesville, and it's I, not near a beach. Contrary to what some people in this podcast. Yeah, and if you go you. into the interior of the peninsula of Florida, it is most definitely the South. You get about twenty miles, thirty miles inland. From the, from the ocean, I feel like anywhere in Florida, it's gonna start getting a little. So like, do they when you get a when you go to the DMV in Florida and you're like in Gainesville, do they just they say you have to take a picture with jorts on? Is that how it works? I mean, I guess you could say that, but I mean, the Florida fans own the jorts. Like they are proud of their jorts and they will wear them proudly. And another thing I want to mention about this game is we got two former coaches from each pro one from each program, Les Miles and Steve Spurrier, both in a bet. Steve Spurrier. Uh, betted uh, Les Miles that if LSU wins, he will eat some of Les Miles' grass. And if Les Miles, or NFL Florida wins, Les Miles has to wear a gator visor, courtesy of Steve Spurrier. So which one of those do I want to see happen? 
I want to see Spurrier eat some grass. I think that would be absolutely comical. Well, Spurrier is, I think, still involved with the Florida program. I think he's like a consultant or something like that. Les Miles literally has nothing else better to do. I think last I heard, he was like trying to get into acting, which I don't even understand like how that came about. But That'd be I, awesome. I guess he was trying to be an actor. They said instead of growing up, he either wanted to be a football coach or actor and something else. I forgot what it was. Probably like a stripper or something stupid like that. Mm. But but he um, he wanted to get into acting, and now he's like all of a sudden irrelevant again because he um, he wants to uh, make a little friendly bet with Steve Spur, the old ball coach. So I think it's kind of cool that he's getting back involved. But it's just uh, Les Miles out out of the game. I wish honestly, I wish he was on like SEC Network or ESPN or something like that. But um, he is not. He is just tweeting at Steve Spurrier. So let's go to the uh, the the favorite game for the week for Holt. Um, Auburn and Mississippi State. Holt, are you excited for this game? Or are you scared for this game? Are you like you covering your eyes when you watch this game? Yeah, I mean, I I tell you what, like I I like I love Mississippi State, and I hope they win. But uh, it's just the way their offense is playing right now. It's just really really tough to watch. You know, their defense has been able to keep them in the game, and they've you know, just really, really struggled on offense. And they just haven't been – they scored one touchdown in their first two SEC games. And, you know, if you thought Kentucky and Florida were good on defense, then it's going to be a whole different ballgame this week with Auburn. And it's only going to get harder throughout the season. So, you know, as a Mississippi State fan, you're just really concerned uh, about this offense and Joe Moorhead and, uh, you know, just the passing game in general. The running backs have been good, but they really haven't been getting the ball, and I think that's just partially because defenses, you know, try to take that away with their formations and uh, their alignment. And, um, you know, they just force Mississippi State to have to throw the ball, and they haven't been able to complete passes. So, you know, until they start hitting some of those passes, it's going to be a really tough season, and it's going to be tough to get things going against one of the best defenses in the country this weekend. JB, whose offense has underperformed more this year, Auburn or Mississippi State? Absolutely has to be good at Mississippi State. Uh, just their offense, like, it's absolutely terrible. I think Holt can t- correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Mississippi State has only scored one touchdown and two SEC games. Is that correct? I, I literally just said that. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so there, there's your, there's your uh, JB WTF moment of the week. Okay, so, you know, like, yeah, their offense is just, you know, it's been absolutely atrocious. Uh, they're not getting the running game going. Fitzgerald is just missing passes left and right. Uh, just I don't know if it's miscommunication or he just can't make these throws. Uh, Joe Moorhead has not adapted this, his offense at all to what this offense is built for, which is running the football. He is trying to run the same offense he ran in Penn State, and the Mississippi State personnel does not fit his system right now. He needs to try to win with this roster he has currently because this Mississippi State roster is stacked and talented. And if Dan Mullen was still this coach, uh, they would be five and zero right now, not three and two. I would agree. agree. Um, hold the the. Um, optimistic point for this is what i read in a uh, state fans tweet was that mississippi state is or joe moorhead is coaching with dan mullins players that don't really fit the type of offense he's running but they do have their quarterback from north carolina for next year correct so nick fisher is going to be gone after this year and they'll have um the guy keaton keaton and then they'll have the north carolina quarterback i don't know who will start yeah. next year but the north carolina name, quarterback is supposed to be their type of quarterback right right yeah his name's garrett schrader um he's a four-star quarterback from north carolina Moorhead recruited him at penn state before he got the mississippi state job and they also have another four-star quarterback uh, left-hander from texas Jalen maiden um, who's a true freshman this season has played a little bit so you know they'll have a pretty solid quarterback competition next year um 
you know, it'd be interesting to see. I think Schrader, I don't know if he's going to be ready to play as a freshman. I think he's had some, some shoulder problems. Um, you know, don't quote me on that because I'm not like a hundred percent, but you know, I'm pretty sure he's had some, some shoulder problems and it's going to be, you know, I, I don't know what his future is going to be, if he's going to be ready to go next year or what. So, uh, you know, usually a uh, freshman quarterback in the SEC doesn't turn out too well, but, uh, you know, I mean, you can say like you can say the personnel is wrong or like whatever, but the fact is there are players in this team who we have seen produce in the past, and Miss and Joe Moorhead has not been able to adapt his offense around the skill set of his players. I would I would go on record and say that Auburn has the best defense in the SEC. This this is a very sticky issue and a tough question to answer. Who has the best defense in the SEC? But I think Auburn probably has the best defense in the SEC because so this is going to be a tough tough matchup for Mississippi State offense, especially if they have struggled against other teams scoring the ball. Um, it's just going to be tough for them to score against Auburn. Auburn has a really, really good defense. But the good thing is you never know what you're going to get with Auburn and Gus Malzahn, yeah. so, um, which brings me to the next point. Gus Malzahn in general, it's like it's so funny how he goes from being like the best coach in the country to being on the hot seat and then wanting to fire – Perfect perfect um, example was last year when they beat Georgia last year in the regular season and before they got to that, before they lost to Georgia in the SEC championship. I'm pretty sure Auburn extended his contract and and uh, they thought he was the best coach in America and then they end up losing to Central Florida in the Sugar Bowl. So. <laughs> What would it take this year, Holt, for Gus Malzahn to be back on the hot seat? Would it be losing this game and losing one more game? Is that what you would say? Like, okay, well, like we don't like him as a coach anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I feel like Gus Malzahn is just always on the hot seat. Um, he plays – you know, they win enough games for him to stay, you know, hired, obviously. But I'm just – you know, I, I can't think of, like, one specific thing that would get him back on the hot seat. I mean, if they lose this game, then, yeah, he's. I feel like he's going to be right back on the hot seat. Um, you know, if they lose to someone besides Georgia and Alabama, um, then I think he's going to be on the hot seat. Um, because I think Auburn fans are kind of realistic. They know the offensive line is, you know, a little inexperienced this year. They don't really have that bell cow running back like they're used to having. Um, and, you know, Jared Stidham is a good quarterback, but Gus Malzahn doesn't really run a air raid offense, you know what I mean? They're trying their best, but, you know, Gus Malzahn's offense is never going to go – the way it should unless they got that running game working so I think Auburn fans kind of know that this is going to be a little bit of a rebuilding a rebuilding year and they're not quite on Alabama and Georgia's level <laughs> funny because if you switch Joe Moorhead and Gus Malzahn the offense is actually perfect perfectly fit their system Jared Stidham would be a more of a pocket passer that Moorhead's looking to coach and Nick Fitzgerald is a dual threat quarterback that's Gus Malzahn would want to coach. So I think it's funny how that works out. But let's, let me ask you this. I'll ask you, JB, as well. If you can uh, stop texting your Tinder girlfriend, JB, for a second, let me ask you. Um, Holt, would you take Gus Malzahn as your head coach at Mississippi State right now? Um, You know, actually, like for this season, I would say yes. Um, Long term, I'm still waiting to see, you know, what Joe Moorhead's going to be when he gets his quarterback in there. Um, But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I think – if I was just going to say who would I want to be the coach for Mr. Set the rest of the season, I'd say Gus Malzahn because, just like you said, I mean, I don't know if this offense is perfect for Gus Malzahn, but it's definitely a lot closer uh, to what he wants to do than what Joe Moorhead is trying to do right now. Jamie, would you take Gus Malzahn as your coach at Tennessee over Jeremy Pruitt? Not with the personnel we have. 
I, <laughs> it, would, it would be a really ugly situation. I don't even think it matters who's coaching this Tennessee team. I don't. It would still not be a good product on the field. Let's go to the other games, SEC. We have two two uh, SEC games that aren't supposed to be close at all. Alabama at Arkansas, and then Vanderbilt at Georgia. Holt, which game is going to be closer, or which team's going to lose by less, Vanderbilt or Arkansas? Vanderbilt to Georgia are going to lose less than Alabama or Arkansas is going to lose to Alabama? You know, Alabama hasn't really had a close game yet. So, I mean, I don't know. The the Arkansas defense has really been playing uh, their hearts out. They've been doing really well. Um, the offense and special teams has really been what's let them down. So, I mean, that being said, I, I still think it's probably going to be Vanderbilt. Um, I think Vanderbilt actually has a good enough defense to slow down Georgia just a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to hold them under 30 or anything, but I think that it's going to be – they're definitely going to get some stops in this game. Um, you know, I just think Alabama's offense is too explosive right now, even though Arkansas's defense has been playing well. Um, I just think Tua and that offense is just too much to stop right now. When do you think we'll see Jalen Hurts in this game? Third quarter, second quarter? Uh, I'm gonna, quarter? I'm gonna, I'll say third quarter. I'll say like mid third quarter before you, Hurts comes in. Do you think you or Mac Jones will throw more passes against Arkansas this week? Um, you know, that's a tough question. I'm probably gonna have to say Mac Jones. I think he's going to get in Who? there. I think he's going to throw, throw one pass. He's going to throw one pass at the very end of the game when Alabama was winning like 56-3. to I looked at the stats for the last game. I think it was the last game, maybe two games ago. I think Mac Jones was over one. I was like, man, that's a, that's a shitty completion ratio. But, hey, I guess you're not you're not Alabama ready yet. So he'll he'll get there. Um, I think Mac Jones is actually a pretty, pretty good quarterback that will get his chance because uh, Jalen Hurts and two will be gone in the same year. Um, so it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. But, um, yeah, uh, Arkansas did play close against A&M last week, JB. So do you think they could bring some of that momentum to this Alabama game? I mean, we've seen some crazier things. I don't think Arkansas is going to beat Alabama, but do you think they could keep it within 14 points at halftime? Uh, no. <laughs> this Arkansas team is, yeah, they have some momentum going for them. But this Alabama team is on another level. Uh, they have an elite offense. Combined with an elite defense, they're blowing out everybody, even the good teams. They're going to blow out Arkansas, too. This game's not even going to be close. Our, Alabama's probably going to have about three or four touchdowns on the board by the end of the first quarter. Oh, as um, as an SEC fan over the last 10 years with Saban coaching Alabama, they've had some great teams. Would you rather have this, this Alabama team that's really great at offense and pretty good at defense, or would you rather have some of the classic Alabama teams where they're really good at defense or great at defense and pretty good at offense with a good running back and a good game manager like Greg McElroy or A.J. McCarron? Yeah, you know, it's funny because, like, uh, that question gets asked a lot about, like, what the best Alabama team is. And, I mean, honestly, I think the 20... 2010 team the, I think was the, the first championship one. no the team that the next year the team that lost like three games oh was, was okay. like the most talented team because they had like Julio Jones and Mark Ingram and uh Trent Richardson the and next the year's defense was absolutely loaded but they still lost like three games lost to Utah but, in the Sugar Bowl right no that was 2008 uh, that was the year before they won the national championship Okay, so two thousand who they lose to two thousand ten was they, they beat they beat Michigan State yeah that was year they just State. like absolutely wrecked Michigan State shit like that that was like 
one of the most dominant games. And the SEC killed but, that yeah, weekend. But too, that, yeah. that being said, um, I, so I think I'd have to go with this year's team. I mean, I feel like this question gets asked every year about, like, would you take this Alabama team over the rest of them? And, like, honestly, I would take this year's team because their explosiveness in the passing game, like, just unlocks, like, a whole new dimension for this offense. And they're, like, they've always been able to dominate on the ground. But the fact that they can now, like, have so many explosive plays in the passing game and complete, completely shut you down on defense is, I mean, it's just pretty incredible to watch. And, you know, I'm not really sure that I would take any Alabama team over this one this year. Yeah, it'll um, it'll be interesting to see how they finish out the year. I still think they'll lose to Clemson, but we really? will. Yeah, I'm probably. I feel like I'm the only one now at this point. JB, what do you think? What do you think Saban's gonna get mad at after this win by 50 points against Arkansas? He's gonna get mad at the fans leaving early again. Well, this is this yeah, is at, uh, this Arkansas, at Arkansas. Is he gonna get mad at the Arkansas student section for leaving? Yeah. You <laughs> stay and watch me kill your team. Yeah, I mean, you I, damn kids with your holes in your shorts and pants. Obviously, you're not getting the sarcasm here, but yeah. I mean, he's he's just gonna get mad at the media for praising his team. He gets mad at the media all the time. He's he's never ever gonna be a satisfied person. He's got to have something for his players. He doesn't want his players reading their press clippings about how good they are. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually excited to see what he's gonna get mad at. I think I think if I was a media member, and when, I guess technically we are, uh, we are official SEC slow smoked SEC slow smoked media members. So we'll 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 start the trend. And if you uh, you big people can uh, follow us, we'll just we'll start praising Alabama every every single down. So maybe Saban can call us out and like, oh shit, we just got called out by Saban on the on the media here with his Coke box Coke Coke bottle sitting up and looking looking all great. So. Um, I just I think it's funny how he he just picks something apart and like oh we're we're gonna be mad at this this week so it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Uh, the only game we haven't talked about is this big, huge Louisiana Monroe at Ole Miss game. Holt, do you think we'll see the old Ole Miss team return where they score a hundred points a game? Um, they may have to just because their defense has been struggling so much this year that I think Louisiana Monroe is gonna be able to put some points in this game. You know we saw. You know, it's been beaten to death, but I'm going to bring it up again one more time. But, you know, they gave up, what, 41 points to Southern Illinois. Like, I mean, they just – they're really bad on offense. And if Louisiana Monroe has any kind of offensive game plan, I think they can put up some points in this game. And I think Ole Miss is going to have to score a lot. They've kind of had, uh, you know, their stinger taken away from a little bit these last few games. You know, Alabama, LSU, I think are both games they thought that maybe they could score enough points to stay in the game, and they really weren't able to. They're both kind of they're – blo- they're blown out in both games in the offense – you know, kind of sputtered. So, you know, maybe they can uh, get it back going this week. But uh, I expect this to be, you know, not a super easy one for Ole Miss. Everybody knows that A.J. Brown is the best receiver for Ole Miss. Who's the second best receiver hold? I think it's I think it's a clear one, two, three. I think it's clearly A.J. Brown number one, clearly Metcalf, or clearly, uh, Metcalf number two, and then uh, clearly Lodge number three. And I think all three are going to play in the NFL. But I think that's the clear order. Like, like I don't. Like I, I think Lodge is great, but I, I think uh, Metcalf just his athleticism and size, and uh, his speed like just really separate him. Um, and then obviously, you know, AJ Brown's number one. I mean, he's the guy. Do you think AJ Brown's gonna make it to Major League Baseball? No, absolutely. F- Football is gonna be too too much too risky to tape to play baseball over nah, football. I just don't think he's good enough baseball player. He got drafted what like ninth or tenth round or something I like that. That was like the thirtieth round or something. Uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to get our research research team yeah, on this one. Up, we'll we'll get JB on it one day if he um, ever can get his mind out of the gutter. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jebby's giving yeah, us a weird smirk. Yeah, he's, he's giving us a weird smirk. Yeah. He's, he's banged this podcast. He's ready for it to be over so we can go eat. Yeah. So um, that's all the games. We'll, we'll talk about. We'll talk about. Um, we said Vanderbilt, Georgia. I mean, there's really nothing to talk about. That Darren Mason's not as good as Kirby Smart. That's not. That's the short answer. But really, it's like Georgia has so many better players, and Vanderbilt's not gonna be close. So against Georgia, so uh, it's twenty seven point line. So I mean, sorry, Vandy fans. Um, it's just not gonna happen. And um, there's you always have the academics. Well, we'll put it that you always have the academics at SEC. There's there's no shame in that being the smartest one in the SEC. <laughs> I mean, shit, Tennessee can't be the smartest of the state. Vanderbilt's got to be the smartest, so hey, we'll, we'll always salute you for that, Sue. Shout out to Vanderbilt for keeping the SEC academically strong. All right, so around the country, uh, two big games that stand out in my mind, um, Texas-Oklahoma, obviously, and then uh, Florida State-Miami, which isn't a huge game because Florida State sucks dick this year, but Miami um, sucks less dick, so there's not, not as much to talk about that. Um, I'm assuming y'all both think Miami's going to win this game. Unless, yes. Yeah, we'll go with Miami. Do you think you think Florida State fans are ready to pay out the like twenty five million dollar <laughs> buyout for Willie Taggart? So, Florida State fans and the administration and alumni and donors are ready to pay out that. Have you seen? Uh, I can't remember his name, JB, but the guy who does the uh, like the how each fan watched like yeah, the it's, game or it's whatever. Not, it's not the not the Alabama. No, guy. not the Alabama. But guy. there's another national guy yeah. that's copying him. We should do but, that honestly. But, yeah, but that was pretty funny because uh, he was doing the uh, Florida State. Yeah, how Florida State fans were watching. Like I think it was the Syracuse week, and uh, he was like, you know, if we all if we all chip in five dollars, then we can afford to buy you know Willie Taggart out of his contract, you know, and just all that stuff. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny, and uh, you know. That being said, I think uh, Florida State is. I think it's going to continue this week. I think they may yeah. give Miami a decent game, but uh, I just their offensive line is just so bad. I just don't see them really being able to do anything. You would agree with me then that they suck more dick than Miami. Yes, I agree. Not that there's anything wrong with sucking dick. If you like sucking dick, that's fine. Um, and just in this content text, I guess it means bad. I guess we could we could turn around and say like the other way eating vagina but like i don't i don't know we'll, we'll get to that one day we're not not the most politically correct podcast today but it's okay but um four states gonna win that game red river red river shootout mm-hmm. red river it's called the robbery red, red river, river shootout. It's, it's a shootout for sure because it's never it's never any defense it's usually offense <laughs> um is tom hammer gonna turn around and say texas is finally back after this game jb no okay <laughs> Jamie's ready to eat, by the way. So no, I mean, I, I, I yeah. mean, just being blunt on this, like Oklahoma is yeah. just still better than Texas. Kyler Murray, I'd rather have him. I mean, you, you got to go with Oklahoma. Their offense is better, and I would still take their defense. Let me flip this around. Hold is is Kyler Murray ever gonna make it to the NFL? Nah, because he will actually play in the MLB, yeah. and I think that the MLB is a waste, a way better career path than uh, the NFL. The NFL. You know, there's no guaranteed contracts. You know, you can always get cut. There's only there's usually only like what two quarterbacks on the on the active roster. Yeah. So I mean, it's just it's not nearly as easy. And I mean, he's a great talent, and I think you know it'd be fun to watch him in the NFL. But you know, you know, you got concussions to worry about, you got injuries to worry about, and the baseball, you know, you don't have to worry about all that. And uh, the money's guaranteed, and you're good to go. He is, by the way, so fun to watch at Oklahoma. If I if NCAA football, he EA, guy, EA Sports yeah. came out with NCAA football 18, he would absolutely be the guy I'd play with uh, 
for a team I'd pick is Oklahoma just because I pick teams based off of quarterback and offense and he'd be absolutely the best player to play with dual threat dual threat quarterback you can run with him you can throw with him it'd be fun Dwayne Haskins up there too because I always like Ohio State running quarterbacks but um Tom or Kyler Murray be the number one guy so let's go through the um SEC games real quick and I just want y'all to pick the winner and um I'll, I'll be the tiebreaker for y'all if in case of uh close games um I mean, we'll. I guess we'll go through all of them really quick. Um, some of them are kind of obvious. Uh, yeah, JB has a one game lead just to keep y'all updated. Yeah, uh, freaking Penn State blew a two touchdown lead at the end of the game. So J- JB has a one game lead on me. I think I should have won that one, but we'll let it roll for this time. Alabama, Arkansas, Holt. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go the Crimson Tide here. JB, Crimson Tide. No Arkansas. No Arkansas. Missouri at South Carolina. JB, Missouri. Missouri. He knew I was going to pick Missouri. That's why he did that. He's trying to keep uh, his lead. Uh, <laughs> we're all in. We got some trash talking here. Jamie is a clever mofo. Can't cuss. Can't cuss because I can say mofo is loud as one, but not the actual word. All right. Um, LSU at Florida. Hope. Yeah, we're going to have to go with LSU here. I don't think uh, Florida's going to be able to move the ball at all. I think it's going to be a low scoring game, but I think LSU is going to get the win here. Florida. Florida Gators. Go Gator. Oh. Jabby's a Gator fan. All right, Louisiana Monroe at Ole Miss. Holt. Yeah, I'll go with Ole Miss. Closer, maybe a closer game than you'd expect, but not I mean, so fast, my friend. Can you say that, JB? Not so fast, my <laughs> friend. He's got the pencil and everything. Yeah, you got the headgear, JB. Coming. Keep. All right, all right. Here's gonna, what's going to happen. Ole Miss is going to win. I think you should do it in a uh, Coach O voice. Well, <laughs> we can't do it. We can't do it for Ole Miss. He did coach Ole Miss though, but we can't. He did. We, you, if you if you have it in you, if the spirit's in you, you can say it. But if not, we'll just move on. We'll move on, JB. That's what I thought. <laughs> Kentucky at Texas A and M. Holt. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Texas A and M. They're the home team. Um, they've had a couple of, you know, both their losses have been against really good teams. I think Mike Elko is gonna come up with the game plan to uh, defend the run just a little bit. I don't think Kentucky's gonna be able to make any plays in the passing game. And I think Texas A&M's offense and Kellamond are going to have a, a decent game against this really good Kentucky defense. JB? Kentucky. Let's keep this train rolling, Big Blue Nation. Ooh, this is where I got to pick and decide. I'm going to go with Texas A&M because it's at home, and Kentucky needs to stop winning and acting like they're a football school. They are a basketball school. Yeah, when's uh, when's the Midnight Madness thing coming up? Big Blue Madness. I don't know. Memphis had theirs. Actually, is having theirs right now. So I think I think theirs is next week. So shout out to Kentucky for trying to get their last win in before basketball season. I, I feel you. I, I hear you out there trying to trying to represent. But you're too high at 13. Stop trying to be a football school. All right. That's all I gotta say. I would still love you, Kentucky. <laughs> Just y'all don't have a good barbecue yet, but you probably do. Um, Vanderbilt at Georgia, JB. Georgia, yeah, Georgia. But good academics yeah. at Vanderbilt, right? Hope this is not an ACT test. This is a football game. Yeah, um, which I'm pretty sure like half the recruits at Georgia and Alabama probably didn't take the ACT because they're SAT schools. Okay, Auburn at Mississippi State, Holt. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Auburn. I would, I would love to pick Mississippi State. I hope I'm wrong, but I just think Jarrett, I trust Jarrett Sidham more than I trust Nick Fitzgerald to make some plays in the passing game, and I also trust Gus Malzahn more as a head coach to move the ball than uh, Joe Moorhead. But both defenses playing really well, both offenses not playing very well, so it could be a really low scoring game. You don't bet on Mississippi State, but this could be a game you would bet on. I think you should bet on. I would bet on Auburn if I had to bet. Just because okay. obviously I picked him to win. It's only a three-point spread. So, yeah, I would I would go with Auburn to cover that. Mr. J.B. Brooks? I'm with Auburn. 
War Eagle. War Eagle. All right, that that is the end of our SEC Slow Smoked podcast for this week's six preview. Uh, y'all need to wish us well on our great dinner. We're having a little bromance dinner plus plus one of our lady friends tonight at Buffalo Jacks in Destin, Florida. It's a really good spot. Very good American food. Very good cheese fries, JB. Uh, I go for the chili cheese fries and the baked potato fries. You got to get that. Anybody that comes to Destin, Florida, I know it's not seafood, but this is some of the best bar food I've had around. And I've been to a lot of places in America. Some of the best bar food in America is in Destin, Florida at Buffalo Jack's Legendary Wings. TV's everywhere. TV's at your table. You can change change the channel on the TV that's at your table. Besides the cheese fries hole, what's the best item there? Uh, You know, the wings and the tenders are both really good. Um... You can't go wrong there. The burgers are really good. I hate to give you like 50 inches, but honestly, everything there is pretty good. Just go up there and buy at the whole store. That's what we're probably about to do. And make sure you wish JB well on his big, big date tonight with the girl he met on the beach. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for listening. And make sure you subscribe and follow us on Twitter and iTunes and Podcast, Podbean and Stitcher and all the other great podcast apps at SEC Slow Smoked. Thank you and goodbye.